What, 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 welcome to Off the Pad Podcast. Off the Pad. I am Jaye Toler. It's Corey Marshall. I don't know if y'all heard that intro just now. We didn't like, like, we didn't do that on the sound system. That was me trying to echo myself. Yeah, usually I'm the one that's stuttering, but. <laughs> <laughs> Today just, I thought I'd have a little fun. With a role reversal, role reversal, yeah. Thank y'all for tuning in, man. Uh, good to see you again, Corey. I love like, doing this uh, pod show every week. That's what's up, man. Yeah, always a pleasure, always a pleasure. Uh, we're back, man. First of all, we want to thank our fans, man, for uh, for tuning in and listening to us. We definitely want to thank y'all for subscribing. Uh, that's a big thing, you know. That's that residual listener that we value. So, I mean, we do hope that y'all appreciate the podcast. Uh, we're definitely having a good time with your suggestions and talking about them. Yeah, that's yeah. how we do it. We take your suggestions, we put them down on the pad. And then we talk about them off the pad. Booyah. Off the pad podcast, baby. Let's get our plugs in so we can get the show started. Yeah. Uh, one thing, remember, you can find us on Twitter at off the pad. Uh, you can also find me, Corey Marshall, at SilverMike101. Um, on Instagram, I am Corey Marshall, and online, I am Corey Marshall. This guy got all these different names. I know. I am Jaye Toler. You can find me on all social media as Jaye Toler. My name ain't as unique as yours. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cool. You got any shows coming up? What we got? Uh, actually, I'll be in, uh, you know what? I had them in front of me, but uh, they're now gone. So I hope the shows are still happening. <laughs> this guy is not doing but not shows he used to be a stand-up comic. <laughs> nah, I still am a stand-up comic. Uh, I will be in Charlotte, Charlottesville, North Carolina. Is that Charlotte, North Carolina? Yeah, from All right. Right yeah, you Charlotte, know what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm making up a town. I'm making up my own shows. This is making up my own oh, comedy clubs to fill up North my Carolina. calendar. Is it? <laughs> Y'all near Charlottesville, North Carolina. Go see Corey Marshall, the ghost. We have the Comedy Zone. Um, that is going to be September 23rd. I got some shows in between there, but you got some coming up really soon, right? What you got? Yeah, I got some shows coming up soon. Uh, I'm going to be at, follow my Petersburg, Virginia uh, folk. I'm going to be at Wabi, so I'll be down there doing my thing at Sushi Bar. But uh, it's, it's a good comedy show. It's a good little crowd. That's uh, this Friday, September the 5th. Next week, I'll be uh, hosting Richmond Funny Bone. Oh. Uh, September 11th through September 14th. Come All right. Check out that show. That's what's up. That's what's up. Uh, Want to get into it? Let's get into it. We Off the pad. A, we have a, a, a very special guest. I don't know if I should call it very, 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 or just remove the very. <laughs> but a special guest to us, to y'all too. Uh, Guy Torres in the building. Yeah, what's up, Guy? What up, man? Guy Torres in the place to be. Got kicked out of major university. Ha! Coming with the flow. <laughs> you know, D-Tuddy. All right, before you get there, you got any dates coming up that you want everybody to know about? Yeah, man, I'm in Dayton, Ohio at the uh, Funny Bone, uh, the 3rd through the 8th. Uh, right after that, I'm in uh, Indianapolis, that uh, first weekend of Indianapolis. No, I'm sorry, of October. October. October, okay. that first weekend in, in, uh, in Indianapolis in October. I guess it's from the, maybe the 1st through the 4th. Okay. First or the third. Something like at that. Crackers in Broad Ripples, two uh, clubs called Crackers in, in Indianapolis. <laughs> from a club so it's at Broad Ripples. Yeah, Crackers. That's yeah. a nice club, too. Yeah, it is a nice yeah. club. Owned by the name, too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm there, and then uh, I think I'm doing a one nighter actually okay. in, in, in uh, Louisville. Some of y'all call it Louisville or Louisville. I know Louisville. But it's Louisville. Louisville, Louisville Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky. Yeah. But yeah. Louis, Louisville. It's, it's the Louisville. same town? It's the same town, man. It's like, you know, if you from I got a, my, my is from Louisville, Kentucky. And my stylist uh from Louisville, Kentucky. So, you know, they you they, they taught me. It it's spelled just like it's spelled <laughs> in the dictionary. They just pronounce it they differently. Speak English down there? <laughs> they speak a lot, they speak bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> they speak bourbon down in Louisville. Spelled the same, huh? Yeah, man. 
That's how they said. That's how they know when you're an outsider. When, when you, you pronounce say, the words wrong, or yeah, be, when you when you when you say Louisville or Louisville. Yeah, but that's like when you pronounce the words as you see them. You know what I'm saying? Right. I, I, however I see the word, that's how I'm going to say it. But it's always like a different pronunciation to the people that live there. It's like that's not how you say it. That's how you say it, Louisville. Yeah, but no, that's Louisville. Yeah, no, it's Louisville. Louisville. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, those are our dates, man. So make sure you look us up. Oh, oh how can we find you online too? I know you got. You can find me online. Guy at on Twitter at Guy Tory G U Y T O R R Y. Sorry with the T. All right. And the same thing on Facebook. Uh, Facebook a little bit hard, man. I had my Facebook kind of done by some expert, and they jacked it up. How can you mess so, up a Facebook page? Exactly. That's so <laughs> the, the Guy Tory Comedy Show is my Facebook page. And uh, you can also find me on Instagram, Guy Tory. Everything's Guy Tory. G U Y T O R R Y. So let me ask. I don't know if you uh, if you want if you feel comfortable answering this question or not to, to your fans. Do do you post your own stuff? Yep, post Instagram? my own stuff, man. Yeah, because nobody's as funny as me. <laughs> That's so, an honest answer. So, so you know, That's no one can, no one can speak for me. I mean, well, when I, I like go to court, when I go to court, I represent myself, man. <laughs> nobody can speak for me. Oh, I do everything myself, man. You I micromanage. Be, I do everything myself. You might not want to be funny in court though. <laughs> <laughs> like, judges don't. That. <laughs> I know, right? Did, who was that? Chad Johnson tried to be funny in court? It didn't work for him, did it? <laughs> it, 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 it you kind of look like Chad, yeah. Corey. Nah, it's not me, though. Both of you are. You in? He got that jail sentence, too. Oh, you brown skin? That jail sentence was that punchline. Both of you guys sitting here follically challenged anyway. Yeah, I ain't got the best diction. No, I like the follically, hair follicles. Oh, you said phonically. No, no. No, no, no. Like, like, like your hair follicles? I got you. Yeah, both of you all bald head, man. Can you couldn't grow hair at gunpoint? I mean, oh well, you yeah, you got a little bit of hair. Yeah, I got a lot of hair. I can grow if I want to. Yeah, well, I don't have that option. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm glad got, I don't have that. I, I that's why. Better bald. Because God is your barber. <laughs> he started way early in my head, life. God. He cut it down early, man. Yeah, you got more hair on your chin. You got on your head. Why don't you just try turning your head upside down? And you down? know what? We're gonna get started with this podcast. <laughs> Off the pad. Here we go. Yo, this comedian ride, man, and you rolling. You listening? You in the zone with my man, Jaye Tola and Corey Marsha. Off the pad, baddest podcast on this side of the universe. You heard me, right, man? I'm out. Are y'all paying me for this? This podcast is sponsored by no one. This show is not yet rated. This is one recording. No do-overs. No take-backs. No write-ups. No scripts. This is Off the Pad. And now your host, Jaya Toler and Corey Marshall. Alright, good, good. Good, let's start the show. Thank you, Jasmine. I like Jasmine. She cute? She got You know what? We have never seen her face. Really? We have not seen her face. Okay. We should give her a face. (laughs) No, I don't even want her to have a face. It might mess up the whole. It might mess up everything. It might make me think about it for reals. Yeah. Yeah. We will get in trouble. You'll get in trouble. We'll get in trouble. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Today's first topic: body odor. But this is what we're starting with. Okay. Okay. Let's do it. You know. Here's the thing. I, I don't know about body odor. Um, I'm talking about bad breath. I, re, I rather talk about bad breath. I, I got some stories about bad breath, not so much about body odor. Is it your personal stories about bad it's breath? It's a personal story about bad right. breath. But then I got one to add on to that after you finish <laughs> about your Are bad breath. Are these stories about bad breath or, or, or whatever. Body odor? It's just whatever you want to talk about, okay. yeah, but it related on body odor. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. This girl, uh, she had real bad breath, Like, but she was fine. She was super fine. And she one of our listeners. 
Uh, I don't know. I don't know who listens to the podcast. We got she just have a birthday. <laughs> she did not just hey, have a birthday. Month? Shout out to Michelle Robinson. She does not have a bad breath. Did she just go to some My girlfriend breath is always fine. It's a crappy corn. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> this one girl super fine. So what I used to do, right, uh, if I knew that we were about to get in a mood, I would take like a shot of Listerine and I'd hold it in my mouth. And when we kiss, I'd slowly seep it into her mouth. That's what I do with alcohol. <laughs> is, 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 is that a rape joke? Tip. He wasn't even at the show. He wasn't even at the show. Yeah, yeah. He thought you had something new. <laughs> nah. But uh, I used to make her think I was being aggressive, right? And I grab her by her neck a little bit. But then I choke her, force her to gargle it. <laughs> <laughs> she never knew. But I ain't saying nothing. I just, I just rolled with it because she was so fine. It was hard for me to tell her. Yo, babe, your breath smells like uh, some words that I'm not going to say on this clean podcast. That's a bad predicament to be in when you're with like a, somebody fine or, you know, good looking and they have they, that stanky characteristic or something. Yeah. Like that one falls. It's like that's hard to wear the option. Like, should I stay I, I with got, you? I got a bad <laughs> situation, too. I, I was I was I grew up Catholics, mm-hmm. untouched by a priest. And I was an altar boy, so you know. And you were still untouched. Uh, still untouched by. This guy's <laughs> good. It's and, a and and uh, doing doing mass, you had to hold the Bible, the this big Bible for you know the, the priest to read, you know, in, in the opening. And the priest that one of the priests at the church, breath was on fire. <laughs> I mean, fire every Sunday on fire, trying I mean, to save you. And I was holding a book, man, and he was talking, and I had to hold the book because I'm sure I was young, you know. Mm. So I'm holding the book in front of him, and he talking, and I'm like, I dropped the Bible one day. <laughs> you know, it was eight o'clock service in the morning. I was a little young, and my arms weren't that I wasn't that strong anyway. And I was trying to hold my breath, you know, as he was reading. The, 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 the he needed arm man. strength to hold and the man, Bible. I dropped, I dropped that Bible, man. I was like, oop, I'm sorry, but it was his breath man i'm like are you kidding me it's like he he ate the drag like, his his mouth was like a soccer ball it was kicking <laughs> <laughs> so that that's my bad you know my my bad breath you over. know what that makes you that makes you want to like search the bible to see if this if it says anything about body odor or bad breath that, uh, I, it, uh, I, I know job <laughs> said that his breath was corrupt it's in uh, the <laughs> word was corrupt. corrupt. But he wasn't talking about his breath. He was talking about, about his spirit. spirit. Right, about right, spirit. right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he could definitely nah. apply that to that situation. Well, we could take it out of context and just exactly. use it. <laughs> like his breath was corrupt. This, Jesus was, couldn't help his breath. Was he reading out of Job's, this priest? Hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, that would have been, <laughs> that like been Those perfect. bad pigs went and jumped in his mouth instead of the river that they jumped in. <laughs> it could be a question. Maybe this person has body odor, and they want to know how to get rid of body odor. It's your diet. Oh, I was gonna say soap. That's a good point. <laughs> your diet. Sometimes, sometimes you can wash all day, but if your insides are rotten and you eating bad stuff, that's a smarter answer. Then, 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 then you know you, you need to go get checked out. Get to you know get get cleaned out. Get a colonic or something. That's a solution for a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, sometimes just, the bath don't get you clean. Yeah. Sometimes it's coming out your coming pores. Coming from your pores. Exactly. So yeah. you know if you got you got some Man. you got some stuff, especially if people who tan a lot. I heard the story. I don't know if it's urban legend or not, but this chick was tanning a lot. She was tanning, 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 always in a tanning bed or something like that and she had this mm-hmm. bad body odor and come to find out she was she had tanned so much she had cooked her organs on the inside <laughs> she ended up dying too but the body odor so. was mm-hmm. was becoming because she you had fried her so? organs yeah i mean after your organs are cooked i hope you die yeah but that's what it came from it's like she was wondering why she had this bad body odor it's like you smell yeah, like chicken yeah your body's a crock pot <laughs> oh man <laughs> here comes jessica she smells like chicken i don't know what it is bad chicken Cooked so, herself yeah. to death. Yeah, exactly. Trying to, <laughs> trying, to, trying to be, trying to be brown. <laughs> the next topic is scary movies. 
not food. That's why I'm going down there. <laughs> that happened in St. Louis too. What? The real, the real Exorcist. Yeah, that was a scary movie. I remember that movie. Yeah, the original. Out, one. I'm talking yeah. about the original yeah, one. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. Yeah, man. That was a scary movie. You said, yeah, it was horrible. You scared, like, you scared of movies, Corey? Yo, I, I, that I, I'm, really I'm scared, scared of ghost movies. make you cry? That didn't <laughs> scare me. The Amityville Horror scared me more than The Exorcist. The, nah, all right. What about The House? The Sound yeah. of the Poltergeist was scary. I didn't like that. No, it wasn't. It was man, scary. I don't like anything with like ghosts. That's like the thing that, that gets me. Yo. Why? They, they can't was, harm you? They were in the TV. No, nah, but they're not... Ghosts can't harm you. Ghosts can't harm you. I'm more scared of you people walking around here. I'm scared. You cannot fight a ghost. Yes, you can. You see a cross. Get your cross. Get some holy water. Man. <laughs> what do you see the, the movie? What if, scared what, of the crosses what if they're like atheist ghosts? Huh? <laughs> what if they're atheist ghosts? What if, what if they don't believe in God? They don't have to believe in God. It, it's that spirit going to get them. <laughs> Come on, man. I'm not scared of ghosts, but I don't know if I do. Because I, I don't believe ghosts can hurt me. Well, But I wouldn't exactly. show a cross to it. I, don't, I wouldn't see a ghost because I don't believe in them. Another reason why I, I don't believe like in ghost ghosts. movies. No, I, 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 trust me. I, 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 I believe they can hurt me. I don't believe it can hurt me. I That's believe ghosts. I believe. Right. Okay. I'm agreeing with you in there. I'm uh, agreeing with you there. In spirits and stuff like that, I wouldn't necessarily call them ghosts, but yeah, yeah. that's just me, you know. But uh, only reason they I don't like ghost ghosts. movies is because I be I have like a vivid imagination, and after I see a ghost <laughs> movie, is I think I see one out the corner of my eye. You have nightmares. And corner. then I always, I, I, I <laughs> probably I, do have night. I have daymares. I have nightmares when I'm every awake. time I think of a ghost, <laughs> I think of the little one in the ghost buses. Like who? Yeah, little, little friendly ghost? ghost. Yeah, that Slimer. 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 Slimer from Ghostbusters. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. The next topic is Who invented the cheating game and who is better at it? Men or women? And that was a woman that The cheating game? Yeah. Men. I don't want to answer that question. Guy, you can go for it. (laughs) No, because there was a study done on the Today Show uh, about. Four or five years ago, where we have a cheating gene in our body, men have a cheating gene. Even the male, <laughs> the male um, um, species of of, of of mam of of animals. It's on the sixteenth chromosome. Have a cheating zone, a, a cheating gene. There's <laughs> a cheating gene, and most men have it. It's X X Y Y B. That B. X Y C. It's X Y. It's X Y. Yeah, but it's yeah. It's supposed to be a gene. I think I think men did it. You know. I think men started. I think, you know, Adam and Eve, he got tired of, you know, being in the garden with Eve. I don't know. A little goat went by. Man, the goat was looking good. So he <laughs> but if we based on Adam and Eve, that goat. I would say that uh, That's where Mountain Eve goat came from. was the first one to cheat then because she cheated when it comes to what was she supposed to be doing. You know, not eating from the tree, so she cheated. Nah, see, this is the aspect. thing. This is the thing. This Here is we the go. Thing. This is the thing. Here we I, go. I, 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 ding, ding, and ding, and ding. I'm not, <laughs> not saying that you're doing it, but women, women get blamed for a lot of stuff, and and, and it's, it's their fault. And unjust. No, it's not. It it's is like, their fault. People want to blame. People want to blame our downfalls on Eve, like oh, Eve. But if you really look at it, Adam was dumb enough to listen. He left her alone. So you can't, you know, you can't, you can't, you can't blame the women all the time. I blame both of them. It's men and women. We're equally. But if you're the man, you gotta be. I'll take the responsibility. I'll say we we created cheating. Women just do it better. Like we, we like women didn't invent it. They mastered they, it. They mastered it. They mastered it. it. Okay. They got a patent. Yeah, because <laughs> they're smarter than us anyway. So they, they patented it. Yeah, we yeah we stumbled up on it. And they just made it better. Like it's you know it's like it's like it's like we're galaxy. Phones and then their iPhones because iPhones are better. So <laughs> you know what? I don't agree with that. I'm, I'm Android team Android over yeah, here. I'm team Android all the way. I'm straight up Apple. Uh huh. <laughs> My girl's Android too. <laughs> like, and I say that because she knows what team to play on. That's because she just want to know how to work your phone. 
See, she's smart. See, you think you think uh, oh, she wanna be like me? No, nigga. She got your phone. Keep the tabs on you. Exactly. So she know how to work that bad boy. She probably is Jasmine. Uh-huh. <laughs> listening to the podcast, going listening in. That. I don't know. I, I wouldn't even say like men is better or women. I think it definitely depends on the person. If you've been cheating for a long time, you definitely should know how to cheat. Well, let me tell you. you that's know sad. What to hide, you that's know sad. We almost have to cheat because women outnumber us. And then you got to look at a lot of brothers. You know, and I mean brother, I mean all type of ethnicities of the male species. I mean, uh, there are more men in jail than there are women. <laughs> probably, more, probably more gay <laughs> men than there are, you know, straight men. So the women outnumber the guys who are straight. And then some, some guys don't have their stuff together. So the women need to be served. They need to be, you know, handled, <laughs> taken care of, you know, felt feminine and significant. Not that they need a man to do that, but they want a human touch. So because... There's so few of us and so many of them that are available, then, you know, they, they tempt us and we go and we uh, cheat. What I think is sad is that men cheat way more often from what I can see. <laughs> what sure we do. We cheat sure way more often, do. but we still haven't learned how to be better than them. Like, we've exactly. had the most, we, we, we had the most practice and we, we're That's still at funny. square can I, one. Can I, have, can I have that bit? <laughs> you can have that. Can I have that? You can have that. Can I have that bit? That'll go with my women are smarter than men bit. All right. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. Now I got a cheating joke. I never had a cheating joke, and I did have a joke Hold about on, cheating. What did you say? What was that setup you had? You said that. I need that pen. Can you hear me that pen? Oh, we've been doing. Yeah, the we've been doing it. We do it more team. often, but women still do it better. Right. How that's have we new, had so that's much a new practice? twist on that on an old premise. The next topic is stuttering. Because <laughs> right. it took like two seconds after here's a topic, and we're still waiting. I went, I went to school with this cat who stuttered, man. I used to, I used to pray that the teacher would call him to read out loud in class. Was he was like, probably in my class. <laughs> <laughs> he was just, yo, all right. This, you, dude, this dude was hilarious when he stuttered, man. <laughs> you get tired, you hear him. You hear him. Y'all should see his face. <laughs> you just hear it. You just hear him. <laughs> it does take a lot out of you, man. You're trying to catch the breath, and you lose oh, it every funny. time you try to get oh it. Oh, my God. It's exhausting. You know what I'm saying? Like, you think running track is exhausting. Stuttering is exhausting. And I went to a, a Catholic school. I was like, please, please, Sister Mary Joe, please call on LaRon. Please call on LaRon. I just got a... I just got a text from from Joe Torrey that said they used to call Guy LeBron. <laughs> oh, that was him. <laughs> Did y'all just get the joke? Yeah, I, I thought you. that was funny. <laughs> y'all gonna laugh at my jokes? I'm not. I, I used to take this uh, uh, like the speech therapy class because I stuttered in class, right? And then so like uh, we had like a couple students in there that stuttered, and it was this dude in my class. I don't even think he stuttered for real. I just think he wanted to get out of class. Right. Because he would always, he would stutter he was wrong. wrong. <laughs> he would stutter wrong. It's just like, oh, most, okay. like, most people, they stutter, you know, before the word. He would get the word up and he would repeat it. Like, he'd be like, shut the door, 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 door. <laughs> <laughs> That's Tourette's. <laughs> like he needed to change his batteries or something. <laughs> Reset. He stuttered wrong. <laughs> you ever tell that joke? Wrong. You should do that joke on stage. I'm going to try. Funny. And that, that's kind of what we do. You going to you know, do so it? Kind of, I'll, I'll probably work it out. I'll probably work probably? it out. Probably? Are you going to do I'll it? I'll work it out. I'll do it. Don't take it. <laughs> no, no. You said you'll try. Yeah, yeah. Are you, you oh, going to do it? I got That's I got why you. I said you're going to do it. I'm going to do this. Yeah. I'm going to do this. Yeah, it's your joke because you stutter. I'm, I'm not going to take competition. Guy Torres is taking notes right now. deformity. Yeah. <laughs> call it a deformity. That's so mean. We should write it. Listen to this. Uh, <laughs> I don't agree with him calling this a deformity. You know, le- you know left-handed no, people no, no. Is, is a deformity? I'm left-handed. 
Yeah, I've noticed that too. We, we're the only ones in our right mind. Nah, it's a defect. Oh, this guy's clever. You know, <laughs> puns. That's right. I'm gonna start dating girls with Tourette. Well, no, you got no. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not gonna do that. Yeah, <laughs> cheater. <laughs> I can't date any girl with any speech problems at all. Man, that's <laughs> a long conversation. <laughs> that cell phone bill gonna be high as hell. <laughs> we over yeah. our, we over our minutes again. You have to be a master of the King's English and diction. You got to translate for me. That's why I hate like uh like especially when I was married. Like we'll go places and then I'll say something that, to somebody that, that, and that then the she'll breaker? translate. What? That she stuttered? No, that you, your, your ex couldn't just. I'm tired of this. <laughs> no, nah, I think that's deal breaking now. It's just like you know, we you got you got to be able to talk better than me. Really? But like now, she, like we will be out and she'll translate for me. It's like I'll say something to somebody <laughs> and then they'll look at me and then look at her like, what are you? But say? you know what? I haven't heard you stutter one time since this whole weekend. Well, what's it called? I try to mask it. Well, I do mask it. You probably heard it, but Isn't it was a like certain so minute. situation that you get into where you get nah, nervous or something just, that happens? Or? Like, I'm stuttering now. I stuttered through the whole podcast. It's just, I'll stop talking. I'll start talking, and then okay. I'll stop before I start. learn how to take I that th- quick yeah. breath. Okay, yeah. I just thought you were speaking in, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> just broken English. Incomplete sentences. Skip, <laughs> no, and, and you know what? That's what a lot of people think. They think I, I'm just talking incomplete sentences, but the reason I talk in incomplete sentences is because I'm about to stutter. The word does not and come you catch out. Yourself. So I stop talking before I. Cause I don't want to sit here and just and stutter. So do you when you sleep? Does this all just come out at one time? <laughs> <laughs> it probably does. It probably does. But are you I talking? Don't do you stutter in your sleep? Like do you so. talk in your sleep? I don't think you so. You should record yourself one night. Just go to sleep and leave a recorder going and see if you talk in your sleep and see if you stutter when you sleep. How do you stutter and snore at the same time? <laughs> I don't know, but that's a task. That's a task. No, it's not. You just put the little damn recorder on. <laughs> no, I mean what he said about stuttering. Oh. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuttering and snoring. Snoring, snoring. You stuttering and you snoring. That's like that's like dr- sneezing and driving at the same time. You ever? You ever be turning a corner? And your eyes closed? Yeah. You that's try, scary. Yeah, you know, that's a fact, a, right? Yeah, that's you, a fact. You're trying to learn. I mean, you're trying to turn. You're turning like you try to turn, and you sneeze at the same you're time. You're trying to sneeze with your eyes open. You're Whoa. Like, that is hard. Then you, now you're Chris Tucker. <laughs> Tell him Large Mark sent you. He was playing house with Yeah. The next topic is roller coasters. Not scared a roller coaster, coaster dude. Not scared of it. Just man, you know, when your stomach is in your neck, man, it's like, dude, you know, and, and then you, and then you, if you're a dude, something else go go into your stomach. So your stomach's in your neck, and you you, you cry. Uh, no, cry. You can't. <laughs> Hold on, wait, wait, guy. Are you I, able to get on a roller coaster? You're kind of short. <laughs> well, when you got the height requirement. With the yellow band. With the yellow band. He can get the yellow, but he can't get the red. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't been to a music park in a long time, man. Word? Nowhere. Nowhere. No, I haven't been. Okay. I don't mind roller coasters. Uh, I, I, I like the water uh, ones. I don't even like the water ones. I like. I like the water ones. I, I'm, it's good. Hold Do you up. call those roller We're going to reset. Hold on. Wait. I'm trying to talk. <laughs> we better hurry up. We, this is not a five-hour get podcast. You, get you a blue packet. You ever Black. been to Playland? It's a music park. Well, up, Ronald man. McDonald? Huh? Oh, no, no, no like in New York. It's, just like, it's, not like a, it's a very small theme park. Uh, up in New York, so that's the one. Is it a theme park? Like like I've been no, to Six Flags. It's actually a theme park. But, oh, theme park yeah. yeah, and they have like a wooden roller coaster. Yeah, I, see, yeah, yeah. yeah I've been like those. those. I don't know about those. Those don't seem too. You steady. seen that joint on the news? Yeah, it was just one of the news the other the day. The wooden roller coaster, wooden roller coaster collapsed. Uh, it was. It's a new joint. I forgot where. I don't know what. Yeah, they kind of. Yeah, they kind of like combined technology and the old wooden one together, or something like that. Yeah, that didn't work. Yeah, it was. They said no. They're doing it now. Oh, yeah. I'm talking about there was this, there's this uh, place. It's called I forgot the name of the, the theme park, but they were advertising as cheap thrills. They're the most inexpensive. That's like a night with you. <laughs> <I heard>. Amusement <laughs> park. 
That's not what you heard. Why don't you, you just why you just go out with you? <laughs> it's called Cheap Thrills, the theme park? No, no, no. That's how they promote it. Oh, okay. Come here. And it's the roller coaster fell apart? Yeah. That's, some, uh, that's a good marketing tool. It killed 17 people. Yeah. And uh, like another 20 were injured. Are they still open? Yeah, they closed. They're trying to get. In they the, closed. Did they change the promo? Yeah. It's, it's cheap kills now. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be this tall to die. What, <laughs> know, right? what tripped me out is uh, so the news story goes: uh, the people that were injured that didn't die, the the amusement park gave them free passes for the rest of this year. So I know right? the theme park. I hope it should be lifetime. <laughs> right. <laughs> but the, the, the rest of this year. The, the thing, the, the trip out. There was a girl in line who saw the thing. Right? Mm-hmm. She didn't. Uh, she didn't get hurt. In her interview with the news, she was mad at, that the amusement park didn't give her free pass. Did she get on And up? everybody else in line. And Are you serious? The people was like, what? And she was like, yeah, well, I saw it. That could have been me. I deserve to be in here free well, she all the time. She should have played yeah. the emotionally, you know, uh, involved. The emotional role? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm scarred. I'm emotionally scarred. scarred. Exactly. I don't know. That was, that was stupid. That's very stupid. <laughs> Next topic is anything that deals with sports. Okay, who's your NFL team? Rams, St. Louis, St. Louis Rams, man. I'm St. Oh, Louis all day. Your boy just got cut. Yeah, I know. We ain't my boy, but, <laughs> <laughs> but they cut Michael Sam. They didn't even sign him to the practice squad. They like, yeah, he's. I thought, yeah, yeah. Is it, did he play all four, all what? four games in the preseason? Yeah, and and led the team in tackles <laughs> right. and and sacks. But it's not hard to believe he led the team in sacks. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> he got called. Just... He got called for uh, delay a game because he kept laying on the players after he tackled. <laughs> 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 Yellow flag, red flag, blue flag. <laughs> Where's the blue it's a ra- flag? It's a rainbow, rainbow flag. <laughs> <laughs> no one else is going to come up with these jokes. <laughs> I'm glad we put the L in flag. Because, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the picketers outside your window at my shows, uh, which Those, I don't care. That one was probably original. Okay, it's just, it's yeah. uh-huh. I mean, I'm like Rex, Rex Ryan in the Hard Knocks when that year he was on there. Well, Custom. actually, you know, um, do you I, even know Rex Ryan? No, he don't. <laughs> Once I said it and it was out there, I was like, oh, I'm talking to the wrong dude. He don't. He does not know Rex Ryan nah, or what Hard Knocks. I was is. thinking like a cartoon character or something. No, like Rex that. Ryan is the head football could, coach of the New York Jets oh, the NFL team. Oh, you know what? Mm, don't know him. Yeah, I know. Don't know him. Man, we, could, <laughs> we, we couldn't hang, bro. I'm telling you right now, you cool dude, hang. funny as hell. <laughs> Corey look at a football game and dude running the end zone. The slam dunk. I know. Yes, yeah. in the face. In the face. In the face. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, brother. <laughs> I can home follow run. UFC, that's though. A, that's that's what run. I watch. See, yeah, I'm, getting, I'm slowly getting into UFC. I love UFC. I love boxing. I follow that more than anything. Now, I used to be in a boxer, but once the UFC came around, I started getting the UFC, and then boxing just was kind of slow. See, I was really in the UFC when it was back in the day with the Gracie brothers. When okay. I didn't know what it was. Boy, it was just Gracie. dudes. It was like the toughest man. The rules changed since then. But Ru- yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. No, no, it's a lot different yeah. now. My boy Joe Rogan is, is, okay. is, is, is the guy. for Yeah, I love Joe Rogan, man. That's, he's the guy for UFC, basically. He's the, yeah, the announcer. I love Joe. Yeah. That's a topic I know nothing about. So yeah. I, I got you beat. Yeah, Joe Rogan's a beast at that. Yeah. That's cool. 
I never actually seen him fight though, but I know he 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 could throw down. Who Joe? Yeah. No, I've never seen Joe Rogan fight. I know he could probably but, throw down. No, he but, got a nice size on too. Yeah, yeah. I I, I wouldn't uh, yeah. say Paul. Yeah, you know Paul. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, no. <laughs> I would I wouldn't steal a joke from Joe Rogan. That's for sure. <laughs> wouldn't steal a joke from anybody, but especially someone who can whip my ass. Right. Please stand by. I want you to get loose. Relax. Is your microphone good? Like, it's not like it kept going out. Could be his hot breath. Sometimes you have hot breath. It kind of shortens. I can't hear you now at all. Yeah. It's got a shortness. I can hear you. Uh, can you hear yourself now? Can you hear yourself now? Yeah. Can you hear yourself now? No. I can hear you now. I can hear you. Good. Is something wrong with your ear? <laughs> you got the Foxy Brown? <laughs> Is she still dead? Yeah, she's still dead. I mean, you know, but she can, you know, yeah. You were clowning because the album wasn't that good. It wasn't like she couldn't hear it. She could hear it. Nah, it's the, it might be the wire. Yeah, I think it's the wire. Yeah. Just kind of keep it up. Kinda. Yeah, you gotta, like, not move the mic. Yeah, yeah. If that's about either that, or we can switch. <laughs> And now, an off-the-pad exclusive interview with Guy Tory. say has been the most important or significant opportunity moment uh, in your comedy career? Man, there's been a few, man. In the comedy career, it, it, I could say two. I know you probably said one, but I'll say two. The first one was kind of, kind of, first one was kind of, you know, uh, I did a comedy competition, right, at, after six months of doing stand-up. Oh, and and what inspired oh. me to do stand-up was, you know, of course, you know, my brother doing Def Comedy Jam, Joe Torrey, for those of you who don't know. Who? Shout uh, out to Joe Torrey. And, uh, and the thing about it is it was a comic on Def Jam, not my brother, but a comic on Def, on Def Jam before I started doing stand-up that I thought, I'm like, man, if he doing, if he on TV. I, I'm funnier than him. Absolutely. I get him. You know, you see a cat, you're like, oh, I can take him. As always, I'm funnier yeah, than him. I, I right. can take I can him. Even when you fight, I can take him. So I started doing stand up, man. And then um, six months later, after doing stand up, I was in a comedy competition. Six months. Yeah, six months. And I beat this guy. The guy I mean, that I didn't. Saw? The guy that I saw on Def Jam. <laughs> that, <laughs> that inspired me to do. Hilda, he was in a competition too. Yeah, he was in a competition so too. At this L.A. Him. and uh, and I and I beat the guy. He came in, you know, second, and I came in first. And and uh, I hope he don't hear this podcast. But <laughs> <laughs> you should tag him in this video. I know, right? I hope he does hear this. podcast. I hope he does hear this podcast. No, because he's a good friend of mine, man. We but should interview him next. <laughs> but he, he inspired me to do stand up, and six months later, I beat him in a comedy competition. And I was like, that was my first little okay, you know, maybe maybe I can do this. And then. Um, the second one was, man, you know, 
Uh, I, I have to say Def Comedy Jam. Okay. You know, when I first did Def Jam, I was fortunate enough to do Def Comedy Jam only after a little bit over two years of doing stand-up. So that's two two years after your, your win? About Yeah, about two years after my win. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. cool, that's cool. So I was able to do Def Comedy Jam, and then when I did it, uh, I was still a PA on the Martin Show, mm-hmm. uh, production assistant for those of you who don't know. Uh, and and I, I did Def Comedy Jam, man, and that right there was like, wow, okay, this is it. I, I, I can make it. And then it's funny because, you know, another a little mini milestone, too, was this cat saw me. When I was walking back to the hotel from it's after funny, my they taping, said Mouse and they said cats on me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, I'm listening. Which one was it? This, this dude, I was in getting a slice of pizza coming from the theater, man. And this dude goes, "Yo, man, you mad funny? You got love in Brooklyn." Now, I don't know why that made me like, wow. You was in know? L.A. though, right? It, no, I was in New York. Oh, that's when they taped Def Jam in that's New when York. I was in New York. Yeah, yeah. They, the first, they, the ruined first... It, they ruined it when they moved, yeah. it, moved to L.A. <laughs> but uh, but it, it was the, the tourist audiences are in are in you know New York City. I mean, it was that one. It was gritty. It was grimy. It was cold. It was yeah. It was fun in New York, man. And and uh, Hollywood. I mean, when they moved to L.A., they kind of Hollywoodized it. You know, kind of made it kind of <laughs> phony. But anyway, that was my those my first two big moments when I was like, you know what, I can do this. Those I think those are very pivotal. And they yeah. still and they still hold that much of a significance, because like, that was early. That was in the first two years. They do because right. the thing about it is, I mean, you know, in any in any type of career field you in, whether it be entertainment or you know behind the desk or whatever, once you do something that's significant and you feel your first thing, it kind of gives you the confidence to go further. And those little gems right there, you know, can uh, can definitely carry you further to your your next your next job, your next gig, or the next year. You know, because sometimes you just don't know. So, you know, those little things are important. So, All right, so what the second question was, for y'all who's just curious, uh, is like, would you suggest to uncom- up-and-coming comedians who think they got the funnies to jump into every competition? Now, he didn't give advice with his answer, mm-hmm. but he did say that's what he did. Well, yeah, you know, in the beginning, I don't, I don't normally believe in comedy competitions because I think on any given day, you know, somebody can be funnier than somebody else. Like, on that day, I was funnier than that guy that inspired me. The next day, we could have had that same competition. He probably would have won. Is he you still know, doing you know? stand-up? He's still doing stand-up. All right. Okay. So, <laughs> so comedy, comedy competitions are... Like? <laughs> your mama. What is that? Uh, <laughs> and your mama is funny. <laughs> head bone. My mama's um, <laughs> fly. <laughs> like, if he looks like my mama, we got a drag queen comic. <laughs> Flame, you got a couple of them out there. But uh, this is the thing. It's like with comedy competitions, man. I mean, you can do them. I think in, if you're in a, if you're in a small town, a town like I'm, I'm, I'm privileged to be in LA. You know, we have a bunch of comedy clubs. Mm-hmm. You can go and up a bunch of comics in a bunch of comedy. You can go up. You know, almost three or four times a night if you want to, like New York and probably yeah. Chicago, places like that. But if you're in a small town and comedy competitions are a way for you to get on stage, then go ahead and do it. And and and, and you know, I try to find a silver lining in all of them. Sometimes comedy competitions don't mean squat. Okay. But if you if you flip it and look at the positives in doing a comedy competition, it's kind of a heat check. Kind of lets you know where you stand. It also gets you focused on certain material. When you do a competition, you want to really kind of be focused on the material that you think is going to win. Where that helps you down the line is is that when you when you have a chance to go do television, you know, then then it helps you. That focus is already there because when you go do a television set, you know, it, it, a lot of times they want you to type the set and send it in yeah. early, or you wish you want to be not all over the place. You want to send a message. So doing comedy competitions will kind of exercise that muscle to get you focused on a certain uh, set 
to do when you go do, you know, TV and 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 and, stink, and things like that. So it's good to do for practice, but don't don't put a whole lot into it. Don't go slit your wrist if you yeah. don't win. Exactly. You know, if somebody yeah. wins. A lot of them are political. I mean, let's let's, let's be honest. That's one thing I always kind of tell people. Like, that I think you need to have another reason besides doing it other than winning. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. A lot of times you can network with other people, or you know what I'm saying. And then like, again, if you do win, or how you place is also one of those little milestones mm-hmm. that you can say, okay, I'm on the right track. Okay. But it's been good. I mean, ever since the comedy, you've been uh, been in, on the big screen. Uh, uh, you was in Life, uh, American History X, right? Yeah. Um, a couple of sitcoms and stuff like that. Um, but other than that, you know, we, we do know you from comedy. We know you from um, uh, acting. But uh, what we don't know, I kind of found out, was uh, you was very pivotal in the move of comedy at, at one point. Yeah. Uh, you had your own comedy night, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, tell us about that. Um, Fat, Tuesdays, Fat Tuesdays. I'm actually shooting a documentary about it right now. Fat Tuesdays, spelled P-H-A-T, Fat mm-hmm. Tuesdays. It's a comedy night that I uh, created in 1995. Okay. And the reason why I created it, because when I got to L.A. in 1992, which was after the riots, I got there in August of 92. L.A. riots, man. Rodney yeah, King. Yeah, Rodney King, exactly. Mm-hmm. So what happened was it was a comedy club in the hood, Comedy Act Theater, with Robin Harris, Bay Bay Kids, you know, sweet... Willie, mm-hmm. you know, from uh, <laughs> Do the Right Thing uh, uh, was in. But um, it, that's where everybody went to see black comedy. That's where uh, Martin Lawrence started on the West Coast. That's where my brother Joe Torrey started. D.L. Hughley, you know, all those guys came up through, you know, uh, Faison Love. Oh, yeah. They came through, they came up through the Comedy Act Theater, which was in South Central L.A. Okay. Well, when I got out there in 92, Robin Harris had already died, so it kind of lost a little bit of his luster, but people were still coming. You know, industry still came to scout black talent. You know, Michael Jordan um, was coming down there when they came in town, and Moses Malone. And Hold Dominic on, Michael Wilkins. Jordan did comedy? No, no, no. He was coming down to as, okay, as, right. as Patriots. Oh, he's trying to do everything. No, no, a, no he as, is the greatest. As, as Patriots, <laughs> before the riots, that's what yeah. Patriots so came. That, that was the go-to spot. That was the spot. go-to spot. Gotcha. When the riots happened, all that kind of stopped. When the riots happened, people were scared to go to South Central. White people weren't going down there to see comedy or the scout talent. The yeah. celebrities weren't going down there. After they saw what happened on the news the, with the buildings burning and looting right. and rioting, they wasn't going down the there. The news wasn't even going down there. They had like exactly. the bird's eye view of they, L.A. They, yeah, they, 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 wish, they, they wish they had those drones back then. <laughs> You're right about that. Helicopters. <laughs> so, so what happened was the comic, that comic club started to die a little bit. Because when, when a comic feels like, you know, I mean, it, it's a black comic club. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's run well and things like that. But they can't pay what? the other comedy clubs pay, especially in L.A. So if if you feel like you don't have a chance to get discovered, you know, you, you'd rather go do a free spot in Hollywood at one of the big white clubs than do a paid spot in the black club because yeah. th- there's no telling who's going to be in that audience at that white club. And that's what was happening. So uh, I went to the comedy store, and the comedy store is on Sunset Boulevard. This is the club. This is the mecca. This is this is where Pryor started, you know, uh, on the West Coast. This is where Letterman came up through and mm-hmm. Jay Leno and, and all those guys. The comedy I'm, store. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. No, I, I used, before I got into stand-up, I thought it was that too. No. I'm going to go buy some jokes. I know, right? <laughs> so the comedy show was the place. And that's one, one somebody saying you can change your career overnight. Wow. You know, one set. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for for, uh, for blacks, unless you were on TV or had a, or somebody, you know, had a big name, you wasn't really, they weren't really checking for you, to be totally honest. They okay. weren't really checking for you. They had potluck, open mic. That's where you draw a number and you go up. Now, when I got to L.A., that's what I was doing at the comedy store. They had Monday nights where you go at 3 o'clock. You, they had these. They had this this hat. They got all these numbers in a hat, and you pick a number. You could be 40. You could be... And it's for anybody? One, was you could it, be two, uh, anybody. You had a name already anybody. at this time? No. 
I know it could be anybody. You okay. get there at three, and you you pick a number out the hat, and then you go showcase on Monday nights. You could get a good spot, you could get a bad spot. You never know. Hmm. And, and but it was the place. It was a comedy store. So after you know ninety five, you know came. I had a Def Jam credit, a TV credit. I went to the comedy store and said, Hey, can I can I can I showcase some black talent? I hmm. got an agent and manager, but a lot of my friends are in the hood, not getting seen. So can I create a night where I can showcase a lot of this black talent that's getting overlooked? So uh, they gave me a Tuesday night, and the comedy store has three comedy rooms. They have one that holds 90 people called the Belly Room. That's a smaller one, right? That's the a smaller belly, one, yeah. the Belly Room. They have one that holds 200 called the Original Room. Then they have one that holds 400, which is the main room. So what I end up doing was I end up they give, end up giving me the, be, the Belly Room, 90 people. I packed it out uh, every month for... We can feel the belly now. Yeah, I, I feel that belly. You feel the belly. But yeah, packed it out, <laughs> turned people away. But comics started getting discovered. I got American History X because they saw me at, at the comedy store. Chris Tucker got Fifth Element because they saw him there at that night. Um, Nick Cannon was discovered at Fat Tuesdays. But not only was it that, it was a networking mm-hmm. uh, opportunity for like producers would hook up with actors or actors would hook up with agents and agents would hook up with managers or music producers would hook up with, 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 with directors and, and, and all that. Tarantino would be in there at any given night. F. Gary Gray. Uh, Spike Lee, John Singleton, you name it, from Shaq to Prince to Denzel would all come. And 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 this is before Twitter, before MySpace, before Facebook, before any of that. It was just kind of word of mouth because wow. I didn't have money for, for advertisement. So it was just, you know, it was it was something that, you know, the universe put out there that was supposed to happen. Mm. Because it, it did happen. And it wasn't me being, you know, funny. It's just I never ran a business before. I never ran a comedy room before. I was only in the game at two at uh, what three years at that point. Okay. And I did this night that turned to be out that turned out to be miraculous. But what also it did was no white comedy clubs basically were doing an urban night, you know, across the country until Fat Tuesdays because they saw the money making potential. They saw how hot it was, and some of these clubs were struggling. And they got an urban night, and these urban nights still to this day keeps coming keeps some of these clubs open. Mm-hmm. So here's some clubs that once upon a time didn't allow us in there, you know, to perform or even probably work. Now, you know, black comedians are keeping a lot of these clubs open. All right, and then I uh, know it was uh, Fat Tuesdays. Obviously, that was on Tuesdays. P-H-A-T. And, then, and so uh, how how long was that run? I ran it for 10 years. I did it from wow. 95 okay. to 05. All right. Then I passed the baton. But that's when, you know, the, 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 the other, other spots yeah, opened the up. They did the chocolate Sundays. Sundays okay. And the improv started Mo' Better Mondays. Mm-hmm. And then it started spread throughout the country. And, and Eddie Griffin, to his credit, had a night at the comedy store that, was, that went for a little while. It was kind of unsuccessful. Not because of Eddie Griffin is just you know Tupac and Tretch kind of uh, beat up some guys in there <laughs> one night. So 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 that that uh, ended that. So my my mine right. was <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, no Tretch is cool. Tretch, Tretch, no, he had that chain. He used to wear around his neck. He was pounding somebody over the head with that chain. So you know, Tretch, that's my dude. But <laughs> but that's what I it was. Flavor play with his clock. <laughs> but but I'm telling you, Fat Tuesdays was that spot. Flavor used to come. I'm gonna make a cartoon with Flavor. Pac used Pop. to come. Shug used to come <laughs> and stretch a gold chain. <laughs> <laughs> it was no, it wasn't a gold chain. Remember that that biker chain he yeah, used to wear around chain used to wear right there. Yeah, yeah, no, he took that off and was pounding somebody with that bad boy. Yeah, so and that night got to be a little bit ruckus. So you know, I, I brought in a more tamer and, and smoother night to kind of like you know, so they saw it could work, but I, mm. I brought in a different energy. Um, when I decide when I decide when I decide to leave. Uh, I passed the torch to somebody else because another guy wanted to come in and take it over after I did, and the comedy store is not going to let him. 
And they said, if guy, if you're not involved, we're not doing it. Mm-hmm. So the guy called me and said, man, can you please, you know, call the comedy store and say, you know, give him your blessing. So I called him and said, hey, you know, I'm not going to be involved, but, you know, black comedians still need this opportunity in a A room, in a in an A list room, right. to to work out. So, you know, and and with my blessing, they they allowed the guys to do it, and it's still going on now. Now Bob Sumner is doing it along with uh, Red Grant. Cool. And you say you're going to do the documentary, right? You're doing that now? Doing a documentary and shooting right now. I got a lot of interviews already. We got cameras back up in a few weeks. And it's going to be it's going to be a great piece, a great story, man. And and it's not just about, look what this night discovered, but it, it, it's really about how, you know, good came out of a bad situation. How the Rodney King, yeah. you know, verdict and the riots and everything, we were able to heal Los Angeles with laughter. Jewel so, yeah. you know. You, get, you always got to speak positive, man. That's why, you know, in Hollywood, man, the things that I'm doing in my career, I'm not, I don't, I don't think I'm better than anybody else. It's the fact that I see it already. I saw it when I started doing it. You're just so, better than that guy that came in second. <laughs> <laughs> I was better that night. I was better that night. That's the thing with comedy, man. You can have one good night, and then like the next night is like womp womp. One night, you can do it. I've yeah. seen it happen in the same day. I was on a Def Comedy Jam too. I won't, re- I won't name the comic, but mm-hmm. I seen in Detroit at the Fox Theater in 1996, <laughs> I believe. Yeah, man. The first show he went up and slayed. First show he went up and got a standing ovation. And the very next show, same night, same jokes, same place, same comic, died the death of a thousand dogs. So that's why you can never take your audience for granted. Yeah. I don't care if you got a stand ovation in the first show. You got to erase that and give that second audience just as much, if not more, as you did the first show. Guy Tory, past jobs. In St. Louis, I worked at the WIC office. Yes, women, infants, and children. Um, I did. I was a WIC technician, giving prenatal counseling and things like that, trying to get moms to breastfeed <laughs> me and their babies. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, and and then when I moved to LA, I was a marketing assistant for a movie called Zebrahead. Um, John Singleton's publicist at the time. I was I friends that, with yeah. my brother Joe, and Joe was like, "Well, the brother needs some, needs some work," so I started doing marketing assistant for that movie. But then I okay. also did extra work in movies. Was TV Michael shows, Rappaport videos. in that movie? Michael Rappaport okay. was in that movie, yeah. And the Bush A. Wright, uh, beautiful show. Yeah. And also, uh, I did extra work. Then I was a PA on Martin. I think that was the the mm. the best job I ever had in my life was being a gopher for the Martin show, Martin Lawrence, because it, it allowed me to learn the business. It allowed me to learn what a producer is and what they do, what a director is and what they do, and what you know uh, executive producers and all that stuff, and what writers do. And also, I made a, I met a lot of people doing that. I networked a lot. Yeah, that's you know. Smart. Plus, I got the I got yep. I got to watch a great cast. You know, uh, do that thing, Martin and and Tisha Campbell and Tashina Arnold mm. and Carl Payne and and. Uh, uh, Tommy Ford and all the other actors they brought in. I mean, come on, that that was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> that was like my acting class. That was that That's was dope. great. And then Martin That's used dope. to give me great advice. I mean, Martin was the one who, who told me I should learn how to write. He said, man, learn how to write. I want you to that writer's room when you're not doing anything. He said, because if you learn how to write, you can always write yourself into a script. Said so, and, mm. and and you know Martin get a bad rap, whatever, or used to. But Martin was gracious, man. He's always, you know, someone asking for advice out the audience. You, mm. you know, pull them out the audience and put them in the show. Like right there, so you know that was the my, my, you know the best job I had. Also, it made me work hard at my stand up. 
because I was a gopher. Gotcha. And I was like, man, I ain't right. doing this no more. Right, right. <laughs> I said, I'm, 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 I'm about to really, really work on my stand up, and I ain't delivering nobody else's script. <laughs> All right, now was this um why you were still doing stand up? You was yeah, no, yeah, I was, yeah, I started okay. stand up. Yeah, is this I after Def Jam or before? no? This is this is during like Probably when I taped Def Jam, I was on doing the Martin show. Martin, I had to, I left right. actually, I left to go tape Def Jam and came back. I remember the, the first phone call I made mm-hmm. was to they got taped on a Tuesday because. They tape, we, our tape night was Tuesday when we taped the Martin show. And I remember calling back to the set mm-hmm. on a payphone. It was my like, payphone? It was a payphone. Saying, like, man, I just <laughs> I just killed Def Jam. You know, it was like my first time. I was like, I was my That's other exciting. guys who were with PA guys, the guys I work with, man. I was like, tell anybody, tell Martin I killed it, I killed it, I killed it. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, that was a, a good one. A payphone is typically a coin-operated public telephone. You can find them in a telephone booth over the 1900s. Oh, baseball. yeah, no, right, yeah. <laughs> she is on point. This is 1994. Yeah. 1994. Oh, when you was on there, who was hosting? Was it Martin? Or My was brother was brother? hosting. All right, so, yeah. All right, so I had a chance hosting. to do Def Comedy Jam the last season Martin hosted. Okay. And my brother was like, you're not ready. And I was like, "Yeah, you're right. I'm not. I'm not ready. And I knew I wasn't ready. Mm. And and when you your first first impressions are important. Yeah. So I didn't want my first impression to be that. But my brother right. knew I wasn't ready. But Bob Sumner, who 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 uh, who booked me when they did, was like, "You ready? He's like, "You ready? Word. Yeah. This is up. Is there a difference between a comic and a comedian? Now that's the question I'm always had. Like, what is there's a, a comic difference? and there's a comedian. And a comedian needs to be both. A person should be both. There's a time to be a comic and a time to be a comedian. A comedian is someone, and this is a diversion I heard, which I totally agree. A comedian is someone who makes, a comic is someone who says funny things. A comedian is someone who makes things funny. A comic is someone who says funny things. A yep. comedian is someone who makes things funny. Exactly. Okay. Like your Bill Cosby, your Richard Pryor's, your Eddie Murphy's, your Kevin Hart's, you know, your Cat Williams. They take real life situations and, you know, your your Joe Tories, your Martin Lawrence's, your your Bernie Max, your you know, your Kings of Comedy, your Cedric, your all those guys tell stories and mm-hmm. take you on a ride. And 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 it's I just set up punch, set up punch, set up punch, you know, Chris Rock. Those guys are comedians. I mean, I consider myself a comedian. I got a whole gamut i take you i tell you i open up my life i tell you what's going on in my life i tell you um mm-hmm. the good and the bad comics are like carrot top you know uh gallagher okay you know and not no knock on them that's just who they Understood. are yeah. right, guys right. are doing and you know impressions are comics and there's, there's nothing wrong it's like they don't really let you in comedians let you in and then when they let you in they take you on a ride and they tell that story like you talking about your stuttering. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's 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 that, that's big. You know, but but what you also do is smart is you take the ammo away from your audience from saying, "Shut up, yo, stuttering mother." You know. <laughs> so once you acknowledge it, it's like with guys like Lavelle right, Crawford, mm-hmm. you know, comedian. You, you know, who yeah. talks about his life and you know Monique and Whoopi Goldberg and Miles Mabley. They open up their lives. Those are comedians. And 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 there's a, but there's also a time the comedians need to be comics. And that's when you go do a Tonight Show. You have to be a little bit of a, a comic and comedian because you only have five Five to seven minutes minutes, you know when you're doing deaf comedy jam or comic view or you know stand live at gotham or something like that you have to be a comic and when you're showcasing for hollywood but 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 when you're a comic you gotta you gotta martin lawrence told me one time uh 
and 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 it was like you got to have that hot single. Mm-hmm. Like you, when you come to Hollywood, because you're, if you're showcasing, you got to have that hot. I call it a Hollywood seven. That seven minutes that says who you are, what your style of comedy is, and what your level of funny is, or your intellect. Because you got that one shot. It's like you see. You know, hip hop artists or singing, uh, you know, um, or um, uh, um, R and B artists, they have that single. They have that one single. That one song lets you know it's rap. Mm -hmm. It's either gangster or it's either you know friendly or southern or whatever. (laughs) And this is and 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 this is what I'm talking about. Okay. You know what I'm saying? This is what it is. This is who I am. This is how I do it. So. As comedians, we gotta have that same thing in seven minutes. You should have a seven-minute set that lets someone knows who you are, right off the bat. What is your one favorite joke? I don't have like one favorite joke. I mean, I look at my jokes as my kids, and I don't have kids, but I assume most people <laughs> love all their kids. <laughs> my jokes, so you don't have jokes. My jokes don't exist. <laughs> <laughs> my jokes don't exist. <laughs> you ain't got jokes. No, you know what? It's funny, man. It depends on what mood I'm in. You know what I mean? Okay. I, I like my, I like my, you know, uh, just off the top of the head stuff, man. And and I, I love being silly, but I love being deep and informative at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, it, it's it's I don't have a favorite joke. You know, I I, okay. the, I guess my, if if I want to call a favorite joke, was probably would, would maybe be the first joke I ever told on national TV. What's that? You can okay. still, you remember that with that? I remember no, that. No, joke. Don't go tell I remember me. Not this time. No, I'll tell you joke. what it is. Yeah, yeah. It, was on, it. it was on Dev Comedy Jam. It was a knock knock joke. <laughs> All right. It, it was it a night. You gotta you gotta you gotta knock, picture the scene. Hold on, this is Def Jam, Def Comedy Jam. And I did a knock knock joke. Knock, knock First joke time on television ever. Comedy, yeah. I don't know what gave me the the, the, the webbles, <laughs> the balls to do it. But I did a knock-knock joke for my first time on national TV on Def Comedy Jam in New York. And the way it happened was, it wasn't even, it wasn't even my joke. What happened was, um, I worked on the Martin Show as a PA, like I said, and one of the cameramen uh, told this knock-knock joke on, on set mm-hmm. on the Martin Show. Mm. So when we got to New York... That's crazy. We got in New York to do, you know, to do rehearsals. You do your camera test. You go out there, you take your clothes out there so they can approve what you're wearing on the show. And you can do your act or not. I don't like doing my act. I like keeping it fresh. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, I got a knock-knock joke, you know. <laughs> and this is 1994. So I go, knock-knock. Who's there? Who's there? Little Boy Blue. Little, Little Boy, Boy Blue, Blue who? Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> I told that joke, and it, and it was relevant back then, yeah, too. Yeah. I told that joke, and Bob Sumner was in the audience that time with the crew and said, man, you got to open up with that joke. I said, no, first of all, it's, it's not my joke. Mm-hmm. I said, second of all, it's... um. It's not. I don't feel that way about Michael Jackson. It's a joke. He said, "Look, oh, he said, God, open it with it. It's gonna break the ice. We will edit the joke out." <laughs> he said, and then he said, "But it, it's a great icebreaker to get you over the nervousness." Mm. So I went on stage, and I, I don't know what made me do. I did it, mm. I did, I, and, and the crowd was like, "Who's there?" Was did like, did they edit it out, or was it on there? The, the, the joke killed. <laughs> mm-hmm. I got off stage from doing my set and said, man, keep that in there. Okay. Don't edit it out. <laughs> but, yeah, but who goes oh, on Def Comedy Jam first knock, time knock. on national TV ever and does a knock-knock joke? Yeah. I thought he was speaking figuratively. I thought he meant, like, just a, just a, a one-liner. No, oh, man. Oh, yeah, literally yeah, it was a knock-knock joke, man. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the kahunas to do that. Yeah. But also, I tell this, and, and I was told this by a, a, one of my former managers, who's a who's a good comedy mind, is, is Barry Katz. Okay. And Barry Katz is, you know, he great advice. And 
One thing he told me about when you're do, trying to do TV, you're trying to do a special, he said, who's on your comedy, comedy Mount Rushmore? Like, if you had to put four faces up there that you, comics you really respect, you know, who would it be? He said, then you name your four. And then you go, okay, if you're doing a joke in front of them, if he had one joke to be do in front of them, what joke would it be? Or what jokes would it be that you would be proud to do in front of them that you j- thinks you, that you think would make them proud of you and, mm. and make them respect you and make them laugh? And then you and then those are the jokes you do in your special. Those are the jokes you do on TV. And sometimes we do jokes just for us, but it makes you, yeah, it makes you look at your set like, wow, if if Richard Pryor was sitting out there and and, and, and George Carlin and Lenny Bruce and, and, you know, and and some of the other, my other great, Bill Cosby, what jokes would you go out there, Eddie Murphy, what what jokes would you go out there and say in front of them Mm -hmm. to get them to respect you and welcome you into their fraternity? That's how you determine, you know, what your what what your favorite jokes are basically? That's what's up. Advice to up and coming comics. I mean, it takes uh, it takes sacrifice. It takes studying your craft. And in 2014, there's no way you should not know about your craft. The internet is right there. You can research anything you want to research, and 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 go into it. You know, you gotta love it. You gotta love what you do. You can't do it for money. Especially entertainment, you can't do it for money because this probably gonna get edited. But but I gotta say, (laughs) did you want it it on air? Yeah, I want it on air. I remember, and my brother, my brother gave me a a lot of advice. You know, when I got into the game, and I remember my buddy, you know, Steve Wilson again when he first moved to L.A. and he was excited about moving to L.A. He's like, man, I moved to L.A. I'm here, I'm Mm -hmm. about to do this entertainment thing. And my brother told him. Well, well, welcome to the tip of the devil's dick. Because mm-hmm. that's what the entertainment industry is. It's good. Don't get me wrong. A lot of good in it. But there's a lot of bad in it, too. And if you're not grounded and you don't know who you are and you don't have a sense of a, a, a purpose of what you want to do and some type of plan, you ain't got to be rich, mm-hmm. but you got to have your morals down, then it can, it can fuck you. What is the worst mistake you have made in your comedy career? His last comic standing. Doing last comic La- standing. Doing was last the worst? comic standing was the worst mistake I've made in my entire career, because they've been asking me to do last comic standing standing for from day one. Every mm-hmm. year they had it, and I didn't really like. I said I didn't believe in competitions, so I, I turned them down every year. And then I felt to a certain point I was like, well, why am I doing last comic standing? I'm I don't need this. So the year that I did it, I got called. Uh, for my agent said, yo, last comic standing called it, interested in you hosting the show. I was like, well, cool. What happened to Bill Bellamy? Bill Bellamy was a great host. He said, oh, they're going in a different direction. I said, okay. So six months later, I get another call from my agent. Well, I mean, I, about last comic standing. Said, hey, last standing comic called. I said, okay, cool. Host it. They said, no, they want you on the show. I said, yeah, whatever. I'm not doing that show. <laughs> you know? And then, he said, they said, and then I hung up. So then they called me back. He called me back like a couple of days later. Like, man, NBC really wants you for last comic standing. I think you have a great chance of doing it. I said, come on, dude. I'm not doing the show. Leave me alone about it. Called me back out two more, three times. I said, no, I'm not doing the show. So then they said, no, they're changing it this year. They're only having named comics and because in the past, some of the comics didn't have acting chops. You have acting chops, and they got the development deal. They couldn't act, whatever. <laughs> so they said, you have a, they, they really feel strongly about you doing the show. And I was like, nah, I'm good. Man. So then 
they called back and said, God, they really, they really persistent. want you for the show. <laughs> so very persistent. Just so then the show, so then I started asking some friends. I started I called, you know, Lonnie Love, who had done um a show like that. that. I called I asked my boy Steve Wilson. I, mm-hmm. I called Ralph Harris, who did last comic standing. Then I looked at Lavelle Crawford, who's someone I respect, another, you yeah. know, hella funny comedian that I respect who was in the game before I was. He did it. And I was like, well, you know, uh, you know, Ralph Harris, Lavelle Crawford, those are my guys who did it, was in the game before me and been doing it for a while, and they did it. What makes me think I'm too big to do it? Okay. <laughs> so then, then you know, one of my other comedian friends, well, Steve Wilson was like, man, you know, man. look, man, um, it opened me up to a whole new audience. I don't normally work clean. Just said, you know, get a chance to work clean and get that NBC money and da-da-da. And I was like, it's never about the money, but I like the exposure. So I said, I'll think about it. So then I said, you know what? What I got to lose? So doing Last Comic Standing, and I go in for my first round, which I was tired. I was at the Improv in Ontario, California the night before. Mm -hmm. I did two hours and 15 minutes on stage. The next day, my audition was at 2 o'clock. I didn't get home until like 3 a.m. So and I had to pack because I was leaving that night to go on the road. No, I had to come back. Yeah, I was leaving that night to go on the road. Mm. So I ended up... um, Doing, um, end up doing the showcase. After you get there, first of all, I didn't see all these names they said that was going to be there. All these names. <laughs> names yeah. I'm like, oh, they just they just stayed up. There was like me and Jaya there. Just yeah. like, <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me? I don't, you know, I only recognize two or three people. I so then, I would have been, I would have the veteran. Yeah. <laughs> and then the contract they have you sign, it's like signing a phone book. That contract was thick. So I started losing my, first of all, I didn't see any known comics that, 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 that they said was going to be there. So I started losing my little bit of interest. Then I had this contract that, was forever. I started losing interest. And then I get there and, you know, I'm looking at the judging panel. I'm like, really? Could none of y'all follow me? Why am I in front of you guys? And then um, I, I, I advanced to come back that night. So that night I'm driving back to my, my house to, to unpack and, mm-hmm. and, and, and pack and come back that night for the later, later showcase. I'm on the phone with my agent saying, man, I ain't doing this. I don't want to do this stupid show. And they were like, yo, guy, don't do it, do it. I said, man, I don't want to do it. They, they, there's not any of the people I didn't recognize. I didn't recognize no faces there. And they said, man, look, just go back tonight. If you advance, we'll deal with it after that. The, that night I went back, had a great set. You know, I'm, I, you know I'll, I'll tell the truth when I, when I suck. But I, I had a great set that night at the second time. So after that, you got like, you know, well, actually after that, I go, to, I, I'm at the airport after my set. This comic who had done the show a previous season, White Cat, called me, go like, guy, man, I heard you made it through. I said, yeah, yeah. He said, man, I'm going to tell you right now, if you have any warrants out there, any new pictures, anything, <laughs> anything he, he said, he said, get rid of them, delete them. They're going to be going through your stuff like crazy. I said, yeah, okay, whatever, doing boom. So a couple months later, now we got like three months, mm-hmm. you know, before, or I, forget, I think like two or three months before we go to the next round. Okay. Right? So, of course, I'm working on, oh, yeah, so I'm working on the sets that I'm going to do for the show, right? These sets been killing, right? So uh, three weeks before we get ready to do the show, they want you to type out your set word for word and send it to them, mm-hmm. NBC. So you got to type it out word for word. Now, everyone who knows my stand-up. Like most television. Yeah, right? I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I'm not a good TV comic. Because if you've seen my live show, I'm I'm all over the place. I have no structure. Mm-hmm. It's just funny. I'm in the moment. Mm-hmm. So they want you to type out your set word for word and send it to them. So I did that. So then 
three weeks before you're going to take. So those three weeks, now that I got my set down, I know what I'm doing. I'm working on that on that set. So <laughs> I two three days before I'm ready to do the set, I worked on those jokes. I made them better. Right. I trimmed the fat. Had a better right. setup, better punchline. I I I email NBC and say, hey, um, I I, I changed. I said I'm doing the same set. I just changed a couple of punchlines and setups. Here you go. So I get an email back from NBC Legal saying, oh, let me tell you. I'm sorry. Before that happened, mm-hmm. <laughs> two weeks before that happened, I get a call from NBC Legal. He goes, oh, so um, yeah, you heard you got a DUI in 07. I said, no, it was I got I got charged with a DUI. I wasn't convicted because it wasn't. I blew under the. Oh yeah, well you drink a lot. How many drinks do you drink a week? I'm like. Well, I'm a cop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm free. I mean, but you, you keep know? track of that. Yeah. He said, I mean, John, do, do you do, do any drugs? You smoke weed, you do crack, you do cocaine. I'm like, I'm looking at the phone like, wait a minute, this is last comic standing or or, or president of the United States. Yeah. I mean, what am I what <laughs> right. am I doing? It's a TV show. Like, well, Judge um, do any girlfriends, any new pictures out there of yourself? I'm like, what 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 does that have to do with anything? And then they're like, um, uh, do you you beat your girlfriend? I'm married. Uh, oh, do you beat your wife? Or actually, I'm divorced. Oh, why are you divorced? Did you beat your wife? <laughs> I'm like, dude, they going in, and I'm looking at the phone like, are you are you serious? Yeah. So now I really don't want to do this show. Yep. So then I'm like mad, and I, I meet with my manager, and I'm like, yo, I got to get off this show. I said, I'm going to go on and be the, I said, I'm, I, I said, I got to be the villain. I'm going to go in and I'm going to be the villain. Because, you know, uh, Omarosa is a good friend of mine. T.O. is a good friend of mine. Like, go on and be 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 the bad guy. The so we had a plan to go in there to be the bad guy. So I go in there and just you know I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna be the bad guy. I gotta get off this show. That, yeah, and, uh, and, so, and to be honest, it worked. No. When I was watching it, I was like, yo, this is like not the guy Tory, <laughs> right? That I know. But like, this is the thing. No, but this is it gets it gets it gets worse. So then three weeks. So when I send my worse. yeah when I send, <laughs> when I send my set in. When I send my set in, and I'm not trying to say like I'm a poor loser. And this is why I'm telling you what really actually mm-hmm. happened. The untold story. The untold story. Probably so, told. so what happened was I, I sent my NBC legal saying, hey, I changed my setup. I ch- I, same set. I changed the setup, some of the punchlines. Here it is. They sent me an email back saying, stick to what you wrote us. Uh, stick to what you wrote us. I said, yeah, I am, but I got better. I made the set tighter and funnier. Right. They said, stick to what you send us or you won't air. Wow. So I sent them an email back <laughs> saying, I guess I won't air. Send. <laughs> now, I'm doing the show, and right before I'm getting ready to go on stage, um, the stage manager is talking to me. Here I am getting ready to go on live TV for a comedy competition, and he's backstage telling me, hey, man, I loved you in American History X. And now I'm like, dude, I'm trying to focus and go on <laughs> right. stage. Oh, my goodness. So I go on stage. I do my set. Now, this joke I've been doing has never bombed. When I say never bombed, mm-hmm. never bombed. Yep. And, and and the thousands of times I've done it. And I did it. And um it may not have been the right joke for that audience. Was it the one with the Klansman? The Klansman? Yeah. I remember. And, and this is what bothered me. It wasn't the fact that I can do a joke and the judges, you know, didn't receive it well or it didn't work and whatever. But it was the comments that they said. I yeah. did the joke about Bush messed the country up so bad, the KKK voted for Barack Obama. I said, I went to the Ditta show in Kentucky. I was in a limo, driving to my hotel. I was driving through a forest, and I saw a burning cross. And I told the limo driver, hey, pull over. 
I ain't never seen it. I, I, that's a Klan rally. I've never been to a Klan rally before. So he pulled over. We went through the bushes. And I said, I, I, I went through the bushes and I saw the KKK rally going on. I said, big old sign said, KKK for Barack. Mm-hmm. And I said, the little Grand Wizard stepped in like, here, here, here. We got to put that. Can I say it? We got to put that nigger in office. We got to put that goddamn nigger in office. I said, because, because I, I said, uh, um, he said, um, I can't, I ain't did a joke in so long. I said, we got to put that nigger in office. Um, sheets are too high. I can't burn as many sheets. I, I said, sheets are too high. I can't buy the thread count I used to buy. I used to buy 800 thread count down to 300 thread count now. You know, they can see me through the sheets. They can see me through the sheets. Then another one was, um, he was like, gasoline's too high. I said, I can't burn them in the cross they used to burn. And, and, you know, so the joke was really about they only wanted Barack in office because they wanted lower gas price to burn uh, more crosses. And, and better sheets. And better sheets. <laughs> yeah, right. So, and then I talked about Hillary Clinton uh, crying. I said she lost the caucus to, to, uh, to uh, Barack and started crying. I said, mm-hmm. to Iowa caucus. I said, you lost Bill's caucus of Monica Lewinsky. <laughs> you didn't share the goddamn tea. <laughs> so the response from the judges were, First of all, Andy Kendrick goes something like topical material. What comic yeah. doesn't do topical right. material? I didn't, I'm not talking about JFK. I'm talking about something that was relevant. Right. I said, you call Letterman and Leno and say, hey, you did topical material tonight? Then the, Natasha was on some, she goes, uh, oh, well, you kept saying, oh, it's crazy, it's crazy. I never said that. I never said crazy <laughs> in my set, ever. <laughs> so and then, and then Gerardo goes, rest in peace, goes, Oh, that didn't really happen. It's comedy. <laughs> so you mean to tell me a, a monkey really stuck his dick in Richard Pryor's ear? <laughs> so, it did have I mean, a wild lifestyle, though. Huh? He did have a wild lifestyle. Know, he did. But, but still, it's like it's part of the, PCP the, 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 their, responses, their responses were yeah. were stupid. If you'd have been like, hey, man, you know, good material, wrong audience, you know, didn't work tonight, I've seen it work before, because I've worked with some of them before. Then, then give me that, but don't give me. Don't say we're comedians. We embellish damn near everything. Yeah. So that's the whole story of Last Comic Standing, and I kick myself for doing it because I denied doing it five, six times. I'm not that style of comic, and I tried to. I tried to get out of my lane and do something different when I really just should have stayed in Isn't my lane. The, uh, I should have went with my first mind, and I didn't. So that's a story. That's a lesson to be learned. Mm-hmm. And then the, the funny thing about it is, here I am talking about the Klan, and I got. Christian um, groups in Canada dogging me for talking about the Klan. Klan is a known racist group, and you're defending the Klan <laughs> over, a, Canada. over a joke. Yeah. Over a joke, and, yeah, and this is the thing too. So, so yeah. once I once I, my set was over, I knew I wasn't advancing. Mm-hmm. I knew. I'm like, man, I, I, I know they ain't passing me to the next round. Yeah, I think so, they edited out the laughter, too. Oh, no. Oh, oh, no, just, no, this is what they did. I mean, because it was no. just your voice, and it was, like, bad quiet, and I was just like... But this is what they I did. I was at home, and I didn't know if I should laugh. This, I was just like... This is what they did. This is what they did. Because w- w- I had two people who were there who mm-hmm. was like, what well, happened? This girl hit me up on Facebook, mm-hmm. and she goes, wow, I just saw you on Last Comic Standing. They had me in the audience at your show making a face, and I wasn't at your show. I was at another taping. Yeah, that's the power of editing. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, most yeah. shows do that. Yeah. That crazy? She said, she said, she said, she said, she said, they had me sitting in the audience at your show frowning, and I was at another comedian I was, I was frowning at. I wasn't even at your show. <laughs> and, and not only that, Dang. though, not only that, though, they, the, the, the jokes, the new, the new things that I added. Mm-hmm. They, they they did edit out. So it made my set seem disjointed. Okay. So when they did air it, they didn't air 
they they cut part of the setups out and punchlines out and and made it look like but they they did what they said they said you won't air and I aired they just didn't air the new stuff so you know at the end of the day they got me the NBC wins that's the power of the network man you know? yeah but you know yeah. what though I don't blame NBC yeah. I don't blame at the end of the day I blame me I knew I was I, I knew I shouldn't have done it and I did it and I allowed them to do that so uh, 300% of the blame goes to me man. I blame no one for 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 my failures, and because you know I'm I'm definitely trying to get with NBC guy. You was wrong. <laughs> what? You was wrong. Oh, how dare you? <laughs> this is your first and last podcast with us. <laughs> no, I love NBC. No, it has nothing playing. to do with NBC because you know oh, yeah. it, it, it's whoever produced that particular show. Yeah, so you know, if 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 you can learn anything from this podcast, uh, young comics or old comics, whoever trying to do a comic, I mean, go with your first mind, man. Go with your gut. I mean, it's always like this. My my spirit told me not to do last comic standing. I went against it. Mm-hmm. And I always say this, just to get deep real quick, is there's always three voices talking to you, normal people anyway. Three voices, which is your ego, and your heart. And your spirit. Your spirit is always God's voice. Mm-hmm. That's always going to be the one that's always right. Sometimes you can't find out which one is talking to you, your emotions or your ego. And and men are mainly ruled by our egos, and women are a little bit wired to be more emotional than us. We're not more emotional. We're just as emotional. But they're wired to be more emotional than us. And But your spirit is the one that's always going to tell you the right thing to do. And the more and more you listen to your spirit, the louder that voice is getting. You'll be able to use discernment on which one is really talking to you. You'll be able to decide. I call it fine-tuning your spiritual hearing aid. And what it is is like, you know, people call it third eye, intuition, mm-hmm. something told me. That's your spirit talking to you because it knows what's going to happen. It's like you looking outside and something tells you, something, something told me to grab my umbrella. But you say, nah, I'm going to look outside. Yeah. Don't look like it's going to rain today. <laughs> you get out there and then it start raining. Then you say, something told me to grab my umbrella. Well, that was your spirit telling you to grab your umbrella because it knew it was going to rain. It's like sometimes you're driving and, you know, you, you look a little lost and something tells you to go left. But you look you look left and it, it don't look left. It looks like it's, oh, it looks like it's right. You go right and you actually should have went left. That was your spirit mm-hmm. telling you where it was. Mm-hmm. So you walk them by sight, not by faith. And we're supposed to walk by faith, not by sight. So if you fine-tune your spiritual hearing aid, then it'll get louder and louder, and you'll make way better decisions in life once you listen to that one. And that and that was one where I should have listened to my initial five, six thoughts, don't do the show. Show ain't for you. I blame nobody but myself. Mm. I take full responsibility for everything. If my jokes don't work on stage in a club, I was telling you this, comics always want to blame somebody else for bombing. Oh, the audience, bad audience. I don't ever believe in a bad audience. I don't believe that 300 people could be wrong and I'm the only one right. I don't believe that they got together and said, okay, we're not going to laugh today at guy. Huddle break. What are the odds of that really happening? That's no, the pre-show conversation. Yeah, no, yeah. You're, you're sh- you, just, you just weren't on that night. Yeah. Or people don't come. Oh, man, the promoter. Oh, man, the rent. you didn't do radio. No, it ain't no. If people want to come, they'll come. Oh, it's a holiday. Oh, it's weather. If people want to come see you, they'll come see you. So quit quit Word. pointing fingers, cut them off, and put up mirrors. Because you'll never get better if you always blame the everything audience. else or yeah. the audience or, the, or or elements. So, you know, I, I, I try to make it a habit of not blaming anybody but me. Period. 
Bottom line. That way, I have to work on me. And it, when I'm better, then my shows are better. And that's what gets you, you know, asses in the seat. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, that's some good stuff, man. Closing remarks. You know, I, I don't, I, I serve God. And whatever is meant for me is meant for me. That's why I don't get jealous or hate the up-and-coming comedians and other people's success. Man, I used to go on auditions and 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 come back and t- call my friends. Hey, man, did you go on this so-and-so audition? Man, you'd be right for the part. That's what's you up. Know, call, I mean, because what, what, what part is meant for me is going to be meant for me. Somebody asked me a question about Kevin Hart mm-hmm. and, 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 and how I feel about Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart... First of all, it is where he should be okay. right okay. now. I've been knowing Kevin Hart for years. And and one thing I can always say about Kevin Hart is he works his ass off. He always worked his butt off. Always. Always was smart. Always got the game early. He knew. And, and all that hard work. It's just paying off. He didn't come out of nowhere. Yeah. Kevin okay. Hart's been grinding for a while. Cat Williams, you know. Cat Williams, Cat Williams, you know, was selling out stadiums. Basically, arenas. Hmm. Well, not stadium, but arenas, right? Mm-hmm. Is it before Wild and Night or no, 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 no. After success After of the, the Friday, yeah, okay. and then and then like he, went on a, he went on, he went, he retired, went okay. on a break, right. didn't really do anything. Was in the news for a lot of, a lot of you know Mishaps negative stuff. Happened, yeah. Yeah. Came back and still selling out arenas. Mm-hmm. What does that say? Is it you know he he connected with people. Those are comedians. You know what I'm saying? It takes someone intelligent. He's cuz he's never been really locked up, locked mm-hmm. up for the stuff he's done. <laughs> he's I'm telling you. So it, he's a comedian. I mean it it's it, it takes it takes a a, a um Someone who loves what they do to do that type of thing. It has to be in the heart because this business will will it, it's so cold and it doesn't give a damn about you. Mm. And the thing about it is you that's why I said you gotta love it. I mean, <laughs> you many times I've heard it, you know, you're not a lead man, you're not good looking enough, you're not tall enough, you're too black, you're not black enough, you're not street enough, you're too street. I mean And that's this, just before the this, podcast. This business <laughs> right. <laughs> this business this business will, will will tear you down and have you feeling like if you if you don't if you're not strong and, and, and have a sense of yourself, that business would, would, would turn you out, turn you down and knock you down. That's why I said I got praying parents, mm-hmm. I know who I am, and I love what I do because I've heard it all. I've heard it all. And and been dissed, been kissed, and uh Sometimes maybe missed, <laughs> but uh-huh. at the same at the end of the day, I'm still here. 